Welcome to the weekly worship service from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School in Bourbon A and Kankakee. In today's service, you will hear readings from God's Word, a message from our pastor, the Lord's Prayer, and a blessing for you and your family. But first, a few announcements about our ministry at St. Paul's. We invite you to join us for our weekly 5 p.m. Saturday worship service at our church located at 348 East Merchant Street in downtown Kankakee. We also hold weekly Sunday morning worship services at 8.30 and 11.05 at our school site, located at 1780 Career Center Road in Bourbon A. If you have any health reasons that might keep you away from in-person worship, please consider one of our alternative worship services, such as our worship page on our website, our weekly WKAN broadcast, and through our Facebook stream. You may also request an audio copy or opt for our podcast. All worship services and church information are available on our website at stpaulslutheran.net. The latest information on our response to the pandemic is available by clicking the COVID-19 tab at the top of the page. For more information about St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School, please call the church office at 815-932-0312. And now we pray that you are blessed by the Word of God in today's worship. reading this morning comes from 1st Timothy. I urge then, first of all, that requests, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for everyone, for kings and all those in authority, that we may live peacefully and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. <clears throat> this is good and pleases God our Savior, who wants all men to be saved and come to a knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Jesus Christ, who gave himself as a ransom for all men, the testimony given in its proper time. And for this purpose, I was appointed a herald and an apostle. I'm telling the truth, I'm not lying. And a teacher of the true faith to the Gentiles. I want men everywhere to lift up holy hands in prayer without anger or disputing. Please rise as we sing the St. Luke, the 16th chapter. Glory, Glory 
praise to you, O Lord. Jesus told his disciples, there was a rich man whose manager was accused of wasting his possessions, so he called him in and asked him, what is this I hear about you? Give an account of your management because you cannot be a manager any longer. The manager said to himself, what shall I do? My master is taking away my job. I'm not strong enough to dig and I'm ashamed to beg. I know what I'll do. When I lose my job here, people will welcome me into their houses. So he called in each one of his master's debtors. He asked the first, how much do you owe my master? 800 gallons of olive oil, he replied. The manager told him, take your bill, sit down quickly and make it 400. Then he asked the second, how much do you owe? A thousand bushels of wheat, he replied. He told him, take your bill and make it 800. The master commended the dishonest manager because he had acted shrewdly. For the people of this world are more shrewd in dealing with their own kind than are the people of the light. I tell you, use worldly wealth to gain friends for yourself so that when it is gone, you will be welcomed into eternal dwellings. Whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. So if you've not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? If you've not been trustworthy with someone else's property, who will give you property of your own? No servant can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. The Pharisees who loved money heard all this and were sneering at Jesus, and he said to them, you are the ones who justify yourselves in the eyes of men, but God knows your hearts. What is highly valued among men is detestable in God's sight. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, O Christ. Christ. Please be seated. We continue with verses 3, 4, and 5 of our hymn. May God's grace, mercy, and peace be yours today in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The text for the message comes from that first letter uh, from 1 Timothy. Let's pray. Gracious God, we come to you in prayer, looking for your blessing, your direction, and your intervention. Use the leaders of this world and use us, Lord, to do your will. And may the words of my mouth, may the meditations of our hearts together be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our maker and our redeemer. Amen. Widespread immorality, dishonest business practices, corrupt leaders, uh, terrible foreign policy decisions, pride, arrogance, if not outright blatant idolatry, then just downright spiritual apathy. Sound familiar? You might think I'm starting a sermon on politics in the midterm elections, but, but I'm not. You might be think I'm to describing America to a T, which I could, but I'm not. Those attitudes and actions uh, are descriptive of the people of Israel. <laughs> around the year 700 BC, and at that time, God used a special king of Judah, King Hezekiah, to bring reform, repentance, and renewal uh, to the people of God. It's interesting how things never change, do they? I had read some time ago uh, uh, from a pastor, and he, had, he, had, he, he was writing about the fact that he had uh, read a sermon that was written when he was a child back in the 70s, uh, and he, he said it described everything that was wrong with the world back then. Uh, and the pastor at that time uh, wrote about how 
uh, 25 years later, and you know, we do the calculation now, almost 50 years later, uh, there had been this accelerating rush toward uh, total moral, uh, social, uh, ethical, and political chaos. Now, we know today those same things are true, aren't they? The moral, social, ethical, political arenas of our world, uh, they are decaying. Now, now we might uh, argue about the speed of it uh, and, or the direction, but the direction in which it's heading is pretty clear, isn't it? I mean, I could stand up here and tell you everything was wrong with our world, but I've done that before, but all we have to do is look at the news, right? Look online, watch TV or cable. The world has been one of chaos and tragedy. Terrorist attacks around the world, the war in Ukraine, a, a rising crime in our cities, a, a lack of respect for our police officers. There, there's a willingness to allow all kinds of behavior lest we offend somebody today. We don't have to wait for the news anymore. We can watch these events unfold as they happen. The news gets to us here 24-7, uh, 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 365. The coverage is on, on the cable, on the internet, on, on our phones too, right? Within hours or minutes of something that goes on, we learn everything that happens, don't we? Uh, if there's an attack, we, we, we get all kinds of information on, on the attackers and, and even the victims pretty quickly. In moments like this, we do pray for the victims, but, but how often do we pray for everyone, even the offenders? After all, I mean, if any prayers were offered for the offenders, we'd pray that they'd be brought quickly to justice, right? Uh, maybe we pray they get caught, they get arrested, they, uh, they're tried and imprisoned, uh, uh, whoever they may be, get it taken care of. In the first verse of our text for today, Paul says, I urge then, First of all, that requests, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for everyone. Paul says pray for everyone, right? And that includes even offenders. I mean, we do pray for a lot of people, but we don't pray for everyone, do we? I mean, we don't want to pray for the, the bad guys, right? But who else don't we want to pray for? Well. We don't want to pray for leaders a lot of times. Perhaps we don't want to pray for, maybe it's a pastor or a teacher or politician. Maybe they've said something we don't like. Uh, maybe we just don't agree with their decisions or their way of looking at things and we'd sooner grumble about them than pray for them. We don't pray for our family sometimes because it's the family member who's offended us. Maybe they took us for granted. Maybe they hurt our feelings, made some kind of family decision without consulting us. We sooner hold a grudge or give them the silent treatment or harbor resentment than actually pray for them. We don't pray for unbelievers. Maybe it's that unbeliever in your life who maybe is a coworker or a classmate that really gives you a hard time because you're a Christian. Make your life miserable every chance they get. And you're quick to ignore them. You really talk to other people about them, but you're not so quick to pray for them. Let's face it, our prayer life is sometimes pretty narrow, isn't it? It's not focused on the other souls in this world that need saving. And today we hear God say that he wants all people to be saved. God loves them all, doesn't he? He loves them all. Uh, the victim, the shooter. The teacher, the co-worker, the politician, whoever it is. And the unbeliever, just as much as he loves you and me. 
It was about two months ago that we celebrated Independence Day and we had that joyous, enthusiastic expression about gratitude for our country, didn't we? But if we're honest with ourselves, how easy is it in the normal ebb and flow of our lives to complain about our country, especially government and those in positions of authority? Don't get me wrong, we have serious problems, right? Uh, we live in a world where killing an unborn child in the womb, even up to the point of birth, is legalized and celebrated. Uh, we live in a land where uh, we've normalized any kind of uh, sexuality, pick, uh, name, your, name your pick. We live in a country where the people are the ones, the ones who get offended seem to be the ones that make all the rules. We live in a land where we must accept these things. Uh, uh, we must accept a, a biological man entering a woman's restroom or competing in women's sports. We live in a world where you must be okay with high schoolers in your community, and I've heard even here, who sort of amp up this identity politics, and, and now they identify as animals, right? Cats or dogs, right? The school teachers, parents, go along with it because if that's the reality, you really can't question it. Even to the point uh, I heard of bringing in a water dish for them to use. Really? We live in a world where politicians, and quite frankly, it doesn't matter what flavor, <laughs> they can't even seem to get their own lives in order, much less be responsible to set an example for others. You know, God tells us to obey the laws of the land. We've been given freedom by our government to speak up when we disagree, uh, with our leaders or positions of public policy, and sometimes we have to. And complaining isn't illegal, or at least it isn't right now, uh, but as Christians, I think we can do more. It's a time for action, isn't it? Whether it's making sure that you vote or that, that you know what or for whom you're voting, you just don't do it blindly. It could be by being an advocate for a position or candidate that expresses those faith and beliefs that you have. It could be by, giving do be by giving donations to groups that espouse those beliefs and helping them out. Sometimes that might get you arrested sometimes. It could be taking time to look at these issues, but then also stepping in and looking at what God's word has to say about that. Scripture reminds us that there is a time that we must obey God rather than men. Now, there may be all sorts of actions that you as a citizen can take when it comes to government and our leaders, but there is one action in particular that Christians, uh, for, for Christians, which is suggested by God's word today, one I'm convinced we could do more of, and that is to pray. Whether it's gathered here as a congregation or when you're at home or in private, we need to pray for our world, for our country, for its people, and for those who lead it. We need to pray. Paul writes, I urge then, first of all, that request, prayer, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for everyone, for kings and all those in authority. Well, a couple points about this. The first, the Apostle Paul lived and served God under, let's just say, some pretty unfriendly governments. <laughs> Not long after he wrote that first letter to Timothy, he spent much of, ha of his time under house arrest in Rome, committed no crime except to boldly proclaim the Christian message. Before that, one of his missionary journeys, he and his traveling companion Silas were beaten and thrown in jail for preaching the gospel. Paul was writing these words during the reign of the Roman Emperor Nero. It was under that reign that Christians were persecuted and Paul later martyred. 
But it was God's will that believers pray for those in authority. Paul's words are significant for another reason. They remind us, at least indirectly, that we believers are citizens of two kingdoms. I'm a citizen of two kingdoms. I was born in Miami, Florida. I am a citizen of the United States of America. But I'm also a citizen of the kingdom of God. That blessing came to me after I was born and I was baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit at Hope Lutheran Church in Miami, Florida. In a real sense, I had this dual citizenship. Uh, the reformer Martin Luther uh, called these two kingdoms the kingdom of the, 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 right, hand, the right hand and the left hand. Right hand and left hand. Uh, uh, just so I, I don't get you mixed up there. Uh, the, the kingdom of the left hand, for me, uh, is that earthly kingdom that God has established to protect us and watch over us. We're thankful for police officers that patrol our streets and keep us safe. The firemen who protect us and, uh, when our house starts on fire. And uh, for the much maligned politician who, who uh, we've elected to run our country or our community, right? There's the kingdom of the right hand, God's holy Christian church that is made up of people who build their lives on Jesus and his all atoning sacrifice for their sins. This kingdom grows when God's word comes into the lives of people and brings them to saving faith in Jesus. In the Lord's prayer, we pray, thy kingdom come, right? We want the Lord to expand his kingdom uh, throughout the world before the end comes. We, want, we, we pray that the government is not hostile to this kingdom, to the word of God and the citizens of God's kingdom. But first, we need to be careful not to confuse this two kingdoms distinction. You know, there's the, the not, not the Constitution, but people have this idea of separation of church and state that, that never the twain shall meet. Uh, that's not true with these two kingdoms. They're not identical. You know, first and foremost, we are citizens of God's kingdom, right? This kingdom made up of all true believers, a kingdom that's going to exist forever. His purpose on earth is to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ that people might be saved for all eternity. But there's another kingdom over which God rules, and it is the, the left-hand kingdom. Uh, we call it the government. Uh, the purpose of this civil government is quite different, isn't it? It is God's servant to keep a physical law and order among the people here on earth to punish those who do evil and wrong. This too is from God. Paul in his letter to the Romans writes, everyone must submit himself to the governing authorities for there's no authority except that which God has established. And so as Christians, until we die or until Christ returns, we're citizens of each of these two kingdoms. There are two kingdoms, but my friends, there's only one king, right? We pray for our nation. All right, Pastor, I get it. Pray for our leaders. But what exactly do we pray for? Well, when we look at these words, no one can say the Bible doesn't give us uh, practical direction for our life in our, in our world today. Paul says we pray, pray that we might live peaceful and quiet lives. Ever since Adam and Eve disobeyed God and this world fell into sin, it's been uh, anything but peaceful and quiet, right? It's been a violent, tumultuous place. Just remember the list I read at the very beginning of the message or just read their latest headlines. But that's why God establishes that civil authority, right? So that each person uh, uh, need not simply fend for themselves. 
there would be that legal power to rise up and defend against the murderer and the thief, against the terrorist and the drunk driver, the, the white-collar criminal, and, as well as those in authority who might abuse their power. Well, but, but isn't God in control? Isn't he the one who governs all things in the universe? Well, yes, of course, but when it comes to earthly peace, for unbelievers and believers, civil government functions for him as a servant. And so we're to pray, right? We're to pray for that left-hand kingdom, for the state trooper who patrols the highways, for the local police officer and firefighter, for the soldier that defends our country, for the uh, president of the United States, for the state and, 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 and national representatives and senators, for the leaders in our elected communities, Kanki, Bradley, Bourbonnet, and others, for the family court judge and the justices who sit on the Supreme Court. When we pray for all of them, we pray that they use their authority with diligence, honesty, justice, and courage to protect the citizens of this land and their property, to uphold our laws, and to bring the disobedient to justice, and quite honestly, to lead according to God's will. But the reality is they can only do it with God's help. They can't do it on their own. Paul suggests something else to pray for in the next words. Pray that we live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. So when we pray for those in authority, it's not only the outward uh, physical peace or comfortable lifestyle. Christians pray within that sphere of peace and order the government brings, there will be a, we'll be free to live in a way that shows reverence to God and loving concern for others, namely living our faith. Here we have much to give thanks for, and that thanksgiving is to be a part of our prayers. The authorities in the time of Paul did not provide him uh, uh, protection to practice his beliefs in worship and proclaim the name of the Lord. Over the years, even today, there are countries, there are regime, regimes around the world that persecute and even kill followers of Jesus. But thankfully, we live under a, a constitution that guarantees us the freedom to practice our Christian faith and I pray it continues, but it, quite frankly, it may or it may not, right? These things rise and fall around the world over the centuries. The conditions we live in may change, but God, our God, never changes. Paul continues with some encouragement for his hearers. I want men everywhere to lift up holy hands in prayer without anger or disputing. But, but what if we didn't have the freedom from civil authorities? to gather and worship as God asks? What if you were to come to church today and find the front door chained shut? What if Pastor Drennan or myself were called before a judge or government panel and we were told what we could and could not preach? Happens in some other areas of our world today. What if we were told that we couldn't buy property to erect a church building or, or build more school classrooms or collect offerings to do the Lord's work? Our freedoms only exist because God gives them to us. Let's pray that, let's continue to pray that we have them and especially that we use them to God's glory. Paul suggests one more thing to pray for. He says, it's good when believers live godly lives that it pleases God who wants all men to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. For this purpose, he adds later, I was appointed a herald and an apostle and a teacher of the true faith to the Gentiles. So we're to pray that we always carry on 
that mission work, the work by which souls are saved. Proclaiming in our land the truth about Jesus Christ, our Savior. Pray that we're always free to train uh, teachers and pastors and missionaries who will work in new mission fields in the United States and around the world. Pray that even you as a citizen may never face a lawsuit for, uh, or legal action for telling someone about the only Savior, Jesus. Pray that Christians never get frightened or coerced into shutting up about what they believe. Okay, that's what we pray for. But finally, why? As fellow citizens of our country and members of God's church, we do this meaning that we pray all these words of petition, intercession, request, and thanksgiving uh, uh, for both kingdoms, if you will, in view of God's mercy, Paul says. Because it's only by God's mercy that you and I live in such a country as we do. A country that's blessed with wealth and prosperity and freedom that uh, a lot of places in the world only dream of. And even these great blessings are nothing compared with the higher goal of God's mercy for our souls. Remember, we're, we're citizens of these two kingdoms. Not only the earthly kingdom, the left-hand kingdom, but also the spiritual and heavenly kingdom of God, the right-hand kingdom. As God's child, we have the blessings of peace with God. We have forgiveness of sins, the ability to go to God's throne of grace and be heard. We have the assurance of the resurrection of our bodies and the assurance of our eternal home in heaven and eternity. We have all of this because of our merciful God. Paul states it so beautifully. For there is one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all men, the testimony given in its proper time. So even before you were born, God knew you and all people needed a savior because of our sin. That savior could be called that mediator, that go-between, because he came in to settle the trouble that our sin caused uh, with our creator. And the amazing thing is that this trouble is not settled by making us suffer the consequences of our sin. Instead, the mediator gives himself, his own sinless self, into death paying the ransom needed to settle the debt, a sin debt of the entire world. God wants all people to be saved, so Jesus came and paid the price of salvation for everyone. While we have been brought from uh, unbelief to know and trust in this Savior from faith, there's still a lot more that are lost because they do not believe in the Savior who died for them. Many people right here in this land, in our community, enjoy earthly independence, right? That, that left-hand kingdom, they, they enjoy what they are getting there, but they're facing the spiritual slavery of hell, the right-hand kingdom, because they're not entrusting their souls to the one who liberates them from sin. This means now is a proper time for testimony. Just as Paul was lost, then found, then proclaimed the name of the Redeemer, so it is with you and me. Now is the time for you and me to proclaim Proclaim the name of Jesus. Tell others uh, of the Savior who died and rose for them. Now's the time to speak the good news. We do it in love and care. We share that good news that can turn hearts to faith. Now's the time to pray for leaders in our land who would defend our rights to be witnesses for the Savior that we might, that we, and we pray for all who need to hear. And uh, using that theme of our school this year, now is the time to make disciples for life, right? 
and in spite of all things that we may complain about our country. I pray that it's your desire to certainly be a good citizen uh, these, these days as that increases, increasing your desire to maybe volunteer, uh, serve in the community and the country in some way. Even more importantly, I pray it, it increases your desire to go to God's Word. It renews your appreciation for God's mercy and the blessings that He brings, first for your soul and then for the body. May we pray for our world and pray for our nation. Pray for its people. Pray for our leaders. Pray all this in view of God's great mercy in Jesus. Let's always pray and live for him. Amen. Please stand. And now may the peace of God that transcends all understanding guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Dear friends, go with God's blessing this day. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord look upon you with his favor and give you his peace. Amen. Thank you for joining us in this time of worship. From all of us at St. Paul's Lutheran Church and School, we thank you for listening. More worship opportunities are available on our website at stpaulslutheran.net. Just click worship at the top of the page. May God bless you and your family each and every day. And again, thank you for listening.